Mike check. Mama Mike check. Mike check. 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 Mike check. Yeah. Hi. Welcome to the I Hate Reading Podcast, the show where I read out loud, not because I want to, but because I have to. I hate reading because I can't stand the sound of silence. I'm not good at reading, but I'm great at talking. So let's get started. Kingdom Hearts, Roxas's Story, The Second Day. Welcome back. It's been a bit. I haven't recorded this in a long time. I recorded the first episode a while back, and I decided to just get this done. So here we are. I don't know when we're ever going to finish all of this. It's taking so much longer than I originally planned. But let's go. The second day. Last time, Roxas and all his friends in the small town of Twilight Town realized that all their photos were being stolen, but also the word photo was stolen. They couldn't say it. And there were some mysterious creatures in gray. Everything seemed so strange. He's having weird dreams, and nothing is as it seems. Let's continue. Light, a keyhole, and a giant key. Sora, the boy in the dreams, held the key. It belonged to Sora, and that's right, it was called the Key Blade? Roxas awoke from the dream and sat straight up, staring at his hands. He remembered the sensation of holding that enormous key. Yesterday, he fought the strange creature with it, the Keyblade. Was there some connection between the dream and real life? The key and Sora's weapon in his dreams were the same. I, I don't get it. Scratching his head, Roxas stepped out of bed and got dressed and ran outside. To the usual spot, of course. What he'd seen yesterday, it was like all the dreams he'd been having lately. The stolen pictures, that strange creature, and then the Keyblade. Roxas picked up a stick on the sidewalk and swung it like a sword. What was that about? He mumbled. Of course, the stick wasn't going to suddenly change into the keyblade, but then why had his toy sword transformed yesterday? He sighed and tossed the stick away. <sighs> it spun through the air and hit a wall, or it should have, but instead, it struck a man in a black cloak. Oops! A deep hood kept the man's face in shadow, and Roxas couldn't tell how angry he was. Sorry about that, Roxas said waving apologetically, but the man turned and walked away without a word. Roxas had never seen anyone like that around town, but did he know him from somewhere? He shook his head at the strange idea. Why would he look at someone he'd never seen before and think they'd met? Huh, weird. Roxas shrugged and hurried on his way to meet his friends. Everyone else was sitting where they always did in their hangout, eating sea salt ice cream. Morning, Roxas said, the late arrival. Hainer handed him one wordlessly. Thanks. He sat on the wooden crate to enjoy it. The ice cream bar, with its unusual salty-sweet flavor, was a specialty of Twilight Town, and not one of the four could resist it. Do you guys think we'll always be together like this? Pence said out of nowhere. I sure hope so, Olette replied, as if she'd been wondering the same thing. Huh? Hainer was mystified. Where'd that come from? Oh, um... You know, just thinking out loud. Pence bit into his ice cream bar. Well, we probably can't be together forever, Hainer said. 
But isn't that just part of growing up? What's important isn't how much we see one another. It's how often we think about one another. Right? Roxas looked up at that. Pence and Olette were also staring at Hayner. Silence settled over them for a few moments. Then Pence laughed. <laughs> you get that off a fortune cookie? Olette laughed too. Hey, that's it. No more ice cream. Hayner sprang up, scowling, and glared at everyone else in turn. When he saw that Roxas wasn't laughing at all, his scowl deepened. Man, what's with all this doom and gloom, you guys? Maybe it's because of the thief yesterday? Olette looked glumly at the floor. Nah, you know what it is. It's because we don't want summer vacation to be over. That's all, Hayner gestured angrily. True, they only had a week of summer vacation left. So how about this? How about we all go to the beach? The beach, Roxas replied. The beach. It made him think of the dreams. We haven't been to the beach all summer, Hayner went on. Blue seas, blue skies. Let's just get on the train and go. As usual, Hayner stood like he was delivering a speech. Convinced, Roxas and the others stood up, but then hung their heads as something occurred to them. No. Oh, come on. Noticing their expressions, Hayner looked upset too. Well, we're all broke, so... Olette explained in a tiny voice. Summer vacation was almost over, and they'd mostly used up whatever pocket money they had. That was true for all of them, including Hayner. Leave that to me, he declared, undaunted. Time to hit Market Street. With that, Hayner left their hangout at a run. So he says, but Pence worried, looking back at Roxas. Let's just follow him, Roxas said. Pence and Olette nodded, and then dashed outside to catch up. The three raced through the back streets, as if playing tag, and then they saw Hayner paused on the slope leading up to Marcus Street. He was looking at the poster advising the struggle, just two days to go. The struggle was a sort of tournament in Twilight Town, in which the contestants battled with special weapons made for the event. The preliminary rounds were already over. Hayner and Roxas had made it to the semifinals. So had Cypher. You and I have to make the finals, Hayner told Roxas. And then, no matter who wins, the four of us can split the prize. Good call, Roxas said. They shook on it. Promise? It's a promise. Hayner grinned and hopped back from the handshake to face the others. Okay, let's get down to business. One ticket to the beach is 900 money. He took on a math teacher's voice. So how much for the four of us? 3,600 money, Olette replied immediately. And 300 each to spend there. So what's that add up to? This time, Pence answered. 1,200 money. So with the train fare, that makes 4,800 money. To spend on what? Roxas wondered. Pretzels, obviously, Hayner crowed. What else do you get at the beach? There's always watermelon. Hayner's mouth twisted in a pout at Roxas's objection. Too pricey. Watermelons are like 2,000 money apiece. Oh, now that Roxas had no more objections, Hayner grinned. So we need 4,800 money altogether. How much do we have now? I've got 800, Pence said. 650, Olette said, sounding apologetic. Only 150, Roxas said. Sorry, that's 1,600 money. We just need another 3,200, Hayner announced. Let's find ourselves some odd jobs and start earning some dough. We have till the train leaves to earn 800 money each. After giving them the assignment, he took off toward the tram common. Um, Olette cocked her head. Didn't he say 
Leave it to me, Hench shrugged, smiling helplessly. Well, whatever. Let's get to work so we can go, Roxas told them. They headed for the plaza, where there was a bulletin board that was usually full of help wanted ads. Meanwhile, Diz typed at the keyboard in front of the big computer screen in a dark room. He approached and spoke behind Diz's shoulder. You called me? Your reckless actions will get us in trouble, Diz said without turning around. You went there, didn't you? Yes. So Diz already knew that he had gone off on his own to see the boy, Roxas. The boy necessary to Sora's awakening. At this point to him, Roxas was nothing more and nothing less. He must seem like a different person, no? And all it took was a bit of meddling with his memories. Did you have any assignment for me? He said, cutting off Diz. Yes. We've encountered a bit of a problem. Finally, Diz turned to face him. I need you to go there again and make certain your paths do cross. Meanwhile, Roxas did a few odd jobs, and before too long, he'd earned a solid thousand money. He headed back up to the station. Hey, Roxas! Hainer, Pence, and Olette had finished up their odd jobs. They were already in front of the station. What do you come up with, Roxas? said Olette. Just this. He handed her the cash he'd made and raised his eyebrows, rather pleased with himself. Whoa, nice work, everyone. So added to what we started with, now we have... She pulled out a pretty embroidered orange pouch. Ta-da! Five thousand money. She let Roxas hold the purse. It was heavy, stuffed with change. All right, time to get tickets. Pence ran ahead with Olette into the station. Usually, Hainer would be the one taking the lead, but he was standing still. We can't be together forever, Hainer murmured. So we gotta make the time we do have something to remember. Roxas was surprised. Huh? Gotcha. As if he was embarrassed by what he'd said, Hainer gave Roxas a friendly punch in the gut and ran after Olette and Pence. It's not like I like you or anything. Baka. He didn't say that. I said that. Hainer. Flustered, Roxas started to chase his friend, but his legs gave way beneath him. Huh? This again? Fighting back the same weird feeling he'd had yesterday, Roxas tensed his legs to keep from falling. When someone grabbed his arm and pulled him, he yelped in surprise and looked up. It was the same man in the black cloak that he'd seen this morning, helping him to his feet. Oh, sorry. Thank you, Roxas said, somehow managing not to fall over again. The man leaned over and whispered close to his ear, Can you feel, Sora? What? Just as Roxas started to ask, the bells of Twilight Town rang. Ding, dang, dong. Roxas! Hayner poked his head out from the station doors and called to him. Coming, he replied, and turned to the man again. But no one was there. He was just standing right here. Come on, Roxas, Hayner shouted, and Roxas ran across to the plaza. What was that guy saying? What about Sora? Hurry up! Roxas charged into the station to find Hainer leaning over the ticket window. Olette was already waiting on the platform. Four students, Hainer blurted at the vendor. Roxas, the cash, Pence said, hopping from foot to foot behind Hainer. Got it. Roxas ran to join them and reached into his pocket. But the purse that Olette had entrusted to him wasn't there. What? It's gone. Huh? Hainer turned away to the ticket window. He took it. Roxas headed back to the station. Where are you going? Noticing that something was wrong, Olette came back down from the stairs to the platform. You saw me fall just now, right? When it got stolen? 
Roxas said in a rush. I bet that guy took it. Confused, Hainer tilted his head. What guy? He can't have gotten too far. Roxas was about to take off and look for the man outside the station, but Hainer grabbed his shoulder. What are you talking about? There wasn't any guy, he told Roxas squarely. Huh? But Roxas trailed off as the station bell rang, announcing a departure. Ding dong. The train's leaving, Olette said mournfully. Oh, but really, there was someone he took. It doesn't matter, Roxas. <sighs> Hainer let out a deep sigh. Meanwhile, why did I say that to him? He hid his face deeper under his hood as he headed back to the station, his mind wandering. Can you feel Sora? There was no need to give Roxas that much information. In fact, telling him was a bad idea. And yet, in that moment, when he touched Roxas, he couldn't stop himself from asking the question. He wanted to know whether Roxas really could feel Sora. Now that he had calmed down a little, the sentiment seemed strange to him. When would Sora wake up? He was getting frustrated with himself, unable to do anything but watch Sora sleep in the capsule. And he felt like he ought to have some memories of the time he'd spent with Sora. Maybe that's what he wanted to know. Could Roxas feel Sora? The purse full of money was in his cloak pocket. They couldn't let the kids go to the beach. They shouldn't even leave the town. That's why he had stolen their money. They had reasons for intervening. Although situations that required their direct intervention weren't supposed to happen in the first place. Would Sora really wake up all year long? He had been feeling as powerless as he had back then. Back when he could only watch Kyrie's helpless sleeping body. He had never wanted to feel that way again. So he ended up fighting a reckless battle. And chose to become this. To become this form. Am I doing the right thing? He didn't know. But for now, he had to believe that he was. He went through the same mansion gate and opened the front door. Welcome back. It was Namine, waiting just inside for him. What are you doing here? He asked, pushing back his hood. Namine smiled sadly. Because I found out that you went to see Roxas. Yes. That was all he said before heading quickly up the stairs. It's all right, she told him softly as he walked away. I can feel Sora. He didn't reply. Baby, this shit getting ooh spicy, intense. Ooh man, where's it going? Ooh, you know who he is. We followed his whole story last time. Man, the book is way better about it showing that, because in the game it's all up to interpretation, but in the book they outright say, yo, he just been sitting here, way better written. Anyway, let's take a little break. wanted to watch over 200 mediocre videos? Well, I got a deal for you. I have a Patreon. Da-da! And it's completely free because I'm an idiot. All 200 videos, completely free. Go check it out right now at patreon.com slash aloneyplus. Everything I've ever made in order chronologically and searchable by tag. You can pick the individual show I made and it pops up every single one of them. It's the best social media that exists. If you want, at the top of the screen, it gives you a little image that says $5 tier, $10 tier. You could pay me, but you don't have to because it's all free, which means if you pay me, you basically get nothing. I promise things on there. 
but they're still for free. I don't have the courage to make them cost money because I don't think they're worth it yet. But on there, I do a couple of extra things. I react to movies where I'll watch an entire movie or TV show I love, and you can sync it up and watch it along with me. If you feel super lonely and you want to watch a movie with somebody, I wanted to put them together into like an actual video, but the copyright is so hard. One day I might do it. I might try again. My videos come out on there as soon as I finish them, rather than the week later they're scheduled. So you can see exactly when I finish videos and when I horribly fail. It's pretty cool. I make a lot of stuff on there. I also put out the highlights weeks in advance. So you can see like 20 minute cuts of my streams way earlier on there. I'd love to do a Q&A and like a bunch of other stuff that's worth money, but nobody's paid me yet. So until that happens, uh, it's still up in the air. Anyway, we got to get back to the show. I'm excited. Let's go. The setting sun was dazzling. From atop the clock tower above the station, Roxas and his friends could see the entire town. They watched the sunset, each holding sea salt ice cream. It's melting! Olette looked anxiously at Roxas and his ice cream bar, which was starting to drip. Oh, sorry. Roxas couldn't understand how he managed to just lose all that money. He was so sure he'd seen that man, but no one else had. Hey, forget it already, Hayner snapped. <sighs> Doesn't make any sense, though, Pence sighed. Exactly. It makes no sense. It is strange, Olette murmured. You said it, Hayner agreed. Even though Roxas told them that a man they couldn't see stole their money, not one of the friends suspected him of lying. Now that only made him feel worse. They should have been at the beach eating pretzels right now. Can you feel Sora? He mumbled aloud, without meaning to. Huh? Hayner squinted at him with confusion, then stood up, having finished his ice cream bar. Well, we can try again tomorrow. Yeah, summer vacation still isn't over, Pence said, trying to encourage him. For today, we should probably go home, though. Olette got up, too. Yeah, Roxas said, but he couldn't get himself to smile. See you. Hayner and Pence began to climb back down. Olette turned back as she left to follow them. Don't worry about it, okay? Roxas nodded as he got to his feet. The sun was sinking beneath the horizon. It should have been just another usual sunset, but something seemed different to him. Why? Is something about to change? Come on, Roxas, Pence called from below. Yeah, coming. Roxas turned away from the sunset and jumped down the stairs. The last rays of the sun were warm on his back. Restoration at 28%. Nomine. Hurry, Diz muttered, staring at the monitor. The number on the screen had risen only slightly, without much in the way of visible change. Still, compared to the past, it was fair to call this a significant development. Diz became aware that the door was open behind him, and swiveled his chair around. So, you've returned. Is it really that hard? make a beach? he asked, clutching the orange purse. We'd only give the enemy another entry point. He shrugged and fidgeted with the pouch, tossing and catching it in his palm. What should we do now? We could always get some sea salt ice cream. <laughs> Diz laughed under his breath and turned to the computer again. You should not bring objects from that town into the real world. Delete it. He appeared to ignore Diz, continuing to play with the purse. And that's where it ends. Day two.
Five more days to go. There's a little fragment in there, too. I hope you liked this. Sorry if I had to put the uh, mid-roll so late into the episode. Thought it would take longer. I know I haven't done this show for a while, because I was doing my other show, and I said it would take two months, but actually it took two and a half. That's because of the Patreon, and I'm sorry about that. But uh, I'm glad to be back. I kind of have a plan to maybe live stream this at some point, and maybe it'll go faster. I feel like I'm not making enough progress. I only read one chapter a week, and there's like 700 chapters in this book. So it's never going to end. But I guess that's what a good podcast is, isn't it? All things do come to an end, though. And we'll learn more about that next week. Anyway, I hope you had fun. I had a lot of fun. As always, I'm Aloni the Bard. Thanks for listening. Bye. So I've started using markers to count how many times I made mistakes so I can go back and fix them way faster. Uh, I made 75 mistakes. 75 flubs I had to go back and fix in this script. And each of those flubs, sometimes I had to do multiple times, like three or four times. Jesus Christo. Holy fuck. Anyway, bye.